On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, we learn a few more nitty-gritty details about the performance Model 3 as test drives begin. The Wall Street Journal gets the first test drive and reports their impressions. Sandy Monroe, in his words, eats crow about the Model 3's profitability potential and more. Howdy friends, Ryan McCaffrey with you here for episode number 155 on July 22nd, 2018. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, joined as always by Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who by the way, I'd like to send her a shout out uh, if she, she is awake. Hey Daisy, uh, no, she's busy. Happy first birthday to Daisy the Boxer Puppy this weekend as I record this. Uh, I think we're going to try and do something special. I'm recording on late Friday night, as I usually do, so I think we're going to do something fun this weekend. I haven't taken her to the beach yet. I've just been wanting to get some more training under her belt, uh, but I got a really long, like a 20-foot Palomine lead, uh, so I think we might test that out, because I'll tell you, Maggie, I I may have mentioned it in the past, but the beach was Maggie's favorite spot, so uh, I think it's maybe it's high time that that I took Daisy there as well. So it's been, it's been an awesome ride, uh, these first 10 months. And here's to, here's to at least 10 more years, Daisy. Uh, I sure hope so. Real quick, another show note as well. I wanted to issue a quick apology to those of you who use Google play to get the show. Uh, the, you may have noticed it didn't go out. I had a couple people reach out and be like, Hey Ryan, it's uh, uncharacteristic for you to miss an episode. And then turns out, uh, I didn't. And they, Thankfully, we're able to. Those folks that wrote me were able to sort that out. It was uh, there was an issue with Google on the podcast feed. I wrote to Google right away, and they wrote back and said, "We're currently experiencing issues with Libsyn feeds, and that's who I use for my hosting service, Libsyn. We expect to have this fixed in the next several days, and we'll automatically ingest your podcast uh, once it's fixed. So hopefully, it is fixed by now. Uh, if you listen via Google Play." I do apologize for that inconvenience. I I did what I could, and then it was out of my hands. All right. uh, Before I start the show proper this week, there is uh, something I did want to bring up. And, you know, I wrestled with this, uh, but it's I wanted to give a word on Elon Musk here. And, I I, again, I thought about really a lot. I thought a lot about this week about whether or not to bring this up at all because it's not directly Tesla related. And and quite frankly, the furor over this has largely calmed down, or at least calmed down a bit, uh, seeing as how the tweets in question have been deleted and Elon has since apologized. Uh, plus, those of you who've been listening to this podcast for a while know that this is a Tesla podcast. It's not an Elon Musk podcast. Sure, I talk about him a lot, but it is always in a Tesla context. Um, you know, I, I don't go into the things he does at SpaceX, at OpenAI, at the Boring Company, or, you know, what he's been doing, like trying to help out in Flint, Michigan, etc. And, you know, hey, I'm sure some of you are, might be annoyed by me speaking on this because you think, hey, it's done and gone. Don't worry about it. I just want to hear about Tesla stuff. And some of you would probably be annoyed if I didn't address it. You know, you, you just can't please everyone. So I'm going to just follow my heart on this one and hope for the best. But I do feel that I need to address this 
because Elon Musk is inextricably tied to Tesla and vice versa. And his behavior and his actions do affect Tesla. And if you're not sure the incident I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not going to re, uh, rehash it here. Uh, you, you can look it up if you, if you are curious about that. I don't want to get into the thing again. Uh, but, uh, you know, those of you who are owners, I'll say, I mean, to, to get back to my point is you've probably been asked about Elon Musk or had people comment on him in some way when people have approached you in parking lots or maybe even it's been supercharger conversation. But anyway, here's what I want to say, because Elon Musk is someone that I honestly admire. I, I wouldn't go so far as to call Elon a hero, and I don't mean that detrimentally towards Elon, but but honestly, for me personally, uh, my father is really the only person that I would call a hero in my life, and and the reasons why that is are a story for for a psychiatrist's office, not for a Tesla podcast. But the point is, I'm not someone who'd say that that they admire a lot of public figures. I, I don't. I mean, there's sure plenty of plenty of actors or athletes or, or what have you that I that I might enjoy and root for. But you know, Elon Musk is somebody I'd, I admire, and I think a lot of folks. Uh, fall into that boat as well. And and his comments last week kind of shook me because not only were they inexcusable, but because behavior like that is not that of someone that I want to rally behind and root for. I mean, I know that Elon's been overworked, exhausted, and attacked uh, verbally and, and business-wise from a million different angles, but that does not excuse his behavior of late. And, and I'm not even necessarily talking about the specific incident from last week, but that was certainly the tipping point. But as it pertains to that incident, I was glad to see him apologize, and I really hope he does reevaluate his behavior online. I'll tell you, my thoughts on this really crystallized this week. I was in the car, and I heard... David Bowie's Life on Mars come on the radio. And if you watch the Falcon Heavy launch, you know where I'm going with this. When I heard Life on Mars on the radio, it instantly took me back to that day, to the day of the Falcon Heavy launch. Do, do you remember that day? I'll bet most of you do. I really, I would bet money that most of you remember that day fondly. And that, that day, that Elon Musk is the one I admire. The Elon that can inspire people, that can excite people, delight them, awe them, uh, give them optimism. I watched the Falcon Heavy launch again after I heard that song on the radio in the car. Once I got to where I was going, I watched that video and again, and it, 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 I got goosebumps. I got emotional a little bit all over again watching that. It was such a beautiful moment. It was such an inspiring human moment, just this, this, what I, what I felt was a moment for all of humanity. And, and the point I, I make there is that not many people in this world can really truly have that kind of positive impact on a global scale, but he can, and he has, and that is the person that I cheer for. The person who can, who has, uh, with the help of, of uh, an entire company who shares his dream and believes in him, basically willed electric cars 
into the mainstream, the person who can prove doubters wrong time and time again, the person, I'll leave you uh, here, the person who can do this. All systems currently green. Falcon Heavy is configured for flight. E minus 15, stand by for terminal count. All right, guys. Final. Nine. Ten. Nine. Nine. Six. You see them both light up? Inside and shut down. Inside boosters. All right, let's get on with the Tesla news. I start with a uh, block of P3D news, and if you are getting tired of hearing about the Performance Model 3, I do sincerely apologize. I'm not just bombarding you with it because that's what I'm eagerly waiting for myself. But really, that has been, I mean, this is effectively a new Model 3, a new version of the Model 3, the first new version since the car was introduced a year ago. Wow. Oh, wait, that's right. Wow. Next next week's show is like officially the one year, the official one year anniversary of the Model 3. That's crazy. That's awesome. Uh, but anyway, so there has been a lot of talk, not just from me, <laughs> about the Performance Model 3. And a lot of uh, questions and a lot of people wondering about it. And obviously, people like me that can't wait to get their hands on it. So I start with clarification on its brakes versus the 3D's brakes. The standard all-wheel drive, the regular all-wheel drive Model 3. And it comes via the official Tesla Twitter account. I want to give a shout out to the official Tesla Twitter account because uh, I hope this is going to start to be a regular thing. They started, uh, whoever's running it, I presume the social media manager at Tesla, has started dropping some, uh, some actual sort of information on there. And I say that, I say actual information, not as a backhanded slap at them or anything, but they haven't really been using the Tesla Twitter account to disseminate product information. They've been, they've been using it for pretty much everything else, that, that's, which is, you know, all well and good. But from the official Tesla Twitter account, on the Performance Model 3, they said very specifically, it's a four-corner Brembo system, including lightweight two-piece rotors and larger front rotor. Uh, and then the P3D without the performance package, uh, performance upgrade package, so the non-performance-less -perf <laughs> performance. I guess, we have, do we have to call the other one the performance performance now? It's too confusing. I think we covered this a little bit last week, or maybe we are this week. I don't know, but uh, there's a call. There was a call about that at some point. But anyway, so for the uh, the regular the all-wheel drive Model Three, 
Tesla saying, quote, same as base dual motor, uh, meaning, sorry, they're speaking about the, the performance package without the performance upgrade, same as base dual motor, a fixed piston front caliper, caliper, pardon me, with sliding rear integrated parking brake caliper and single piece cast iron rotors. So that is uh, very on the nose specific information about the brake systems of the 3D, the P3D, and the PP3D. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that's going to stick. I don't know. Maybe call. Maybe it will. It'll be up to you guys, I guess. Uh, also. The P3D rear motor is either physically more powerful than the 3D motor, or it is simply tuned to put out more power, according to a very official source, about the most official source next to Tesla themselves, the EPA. The uh, efficiency ratings are out for P3D and 3D, and according to the EPA, you've got a 211 kilowatt permanent magnet rear motor in the rear wheel drive car in the 3d a 188 kilowatt permanent motor permanent magnet rear motor with a 147 kilowatt induction motor up front and then in the p3d back to that 211 kilowatt permanent magnet motor in the back with that same 147 kilowatt induction motor up front. Now, most folks out there, and I will say that this theory makes perfect sense, believe that the 3D and P3D are the same motors, front and back, but they're simply tuned differently for cost reasons. So the, the two scenarios are either that that 188 kilowatt rear motor in the 3D is either a physically different motor or it's just tuned down. I suspect the latter, but it's interesting either way. So get some cool official numbers there from the EPA, which by the way, if you're curious, that translates to about 450 horsepower out of the 3D and about 480 horsepower out of the P3D. So some uh, fun numbers right there. As for the mileage rating, you know, you mentioned EPA rating. That's what most people think of. They're not talking motors. They're talking efficiency rating. And the uh, both the P3D and 3D rated at 116 miles per gallon equivalent, which is pretty darn good, but not as good, not as stratospherically good as the rear-wheel drive Model 3, which is rated at 130 miles per gallon equivalent. So... You've got that permanent magnet motor that's more efficient than an, than an induction motor to start with, so you're really not gaining efficiency with a second motor that you can just torque sleep to help add even more efficiency. You're, you've got your most efficient motor in the rear of the car, driving the car at all times. It's just a question of whether or not you need that front motor, and so you're suffering a bit of, a, of an efficiency penalty there thanks to the added weight of that second motor, but still a very impressive green machine in uh, both the 3D and the P3D. So uh, again, more on P3D, we're in, the, we're in the block here. The P3D, welcome to the P3 block here on Ride the Lightning. The P3D test drives have begun. I tried calling around some of the Bay Area locations, did not have any luck myself. That said, 
a few folks on Reddit have, and Dan Neal, a longtime auto industry, uh, pardon me, an auto uh, car reviewer, he's of the Wall Street Journal, he got a test drive and had uh, what turned out to be sort of the exclusive. I don't know if it was an arrangement with Tesla or if he managed to just get a test drive first and was first to get his piece out. I don't know if Tesla set any embargo or what have you. In any case, Dan uh, had a rather glowing assessment. And this is someone, by the way, who's been critical of Tesla in the past. Uh, but here he, he came through with a, a very impressive uh, write-up on the P3D. I'm going to read you just a paragraph of this. And a note, by the way, this was labeled as review, and I, and I presume he did not do that. Probably his managing editor or copy editor did that. Uh, so I was like, wow, a review. He had it for a while. I can't wait to read this. And then I clicked into it, and sure enough, right on the, right on the page once you click in, it's, oh, it's a, it's, te- it's a test drive. So I have to say, as somebody who, as a quick aside here, I have a journalism degree uh, I studied journalism and and I work in the field, and so I, to me, I don't. It just my eye twitches involuntarily a little bit when I see the word review uh, in in what is, in my opinion, misused like that. Like a review to me is a comprehensive analysis. This is more of a first impressions piece. Anyway, still this is still valuable. Uh, even even though it's not a, a detailed, formal, multi-day review. Here is a sample from Mr. Neal's write-up. He says, If you were hoping Tesla would fail on account of the Model 3, I've got bad news. This thing is magnificent. A little rainbow-farting spaceship, so obviously representative of the next step in the history of autos. I know there are a ton of, uh, pardon me, I know there are a lot of Tesla bears, haters, and cynics out there. The Model 3 is more than futuristic, it's optimistic. This is what ordinary cars should be, which is to say, better than they are. So, wow. Uh, Those are some really impressive words. Elon Musk himself tweeted this review out and said uh, to Dan in the process, please let me know even the smallest nuance that can be improved. Uh, having read it myself, obviously, I went ahead and replied to Elon. And I, and I mentioned after reading Dan's piece myself, I said, uh, I, or I mentioned that Dan said the tires weren't grippy enough. That was one thing that came up, even though these are the 20-inch Michelin Sports which are supposed to be pretty sticky tires. And so I asked Elon, I said, well, would wider tires rather than the 235 square setup that the P3D comes with, would that help? And Elon kindly replied to me, which I appreciate. He said, definitely. We gave up some grip and width in exchange for range. Would recommend stickier tires and wider on rear for best performance you might get 3.3 seconds 0 to 60 or better with optimized rims and tires. So, uh, I, you know, I always, it obviously always makes me feel really good inside. Uh, it, it, it makes me very happy when Elon replies to me. But he has a, he has a really uh, awesome tendency, and I, he does this with other people too, certainly, where he, he gives me even more information than I was looking for, which I always appreciate, throwing in that, that bit about 
achieving 3.3 seconds with uh, with wider rear tires and, and different tires and rims. Now, for me, I just love the stock 20-inch sport wheels way too much. I've loved them since the moment I saw them on the Silver Alpha prototype on March 31st, 2016. When it was confirmed that they would go into production, I was elated. Um, so for me, I don't have any intention of giving them up. Also, <laughs> it would be a pretty significant cost for me. Uh, you know, I'm already this. I'm already <laughs> extending myself pretty far here on this car. It would not be cheap to get four new tires, super sticky like track type tires, and four new wheels as well. That would be. Uh, that would be a, a bit of a cost that I'm not willing to incur, but I am very sure that there are other people out there who will do it, and they'll do some fun, crazy stuff. Also of note, by the way, uh, I got the other big question that I had about the P3D answered, courtesy of someone on Reddit. To be fair, I'm <laughs> hardly the only person. In fact, pretty much everybody who's taken an interest in the P3D has been wondering about this one little thing on the car, and you're probably guessing it right now. It's, does it have ludicrous mode? Because if you go back to one of Elon's initial tweet storms after the March 31st, 2016 reveal, so we're talking April 2016 here, which is now over two years ago, Someone asked him, will it have ludicrous? Elon replied, of course. Well, things do change. We've learned that Model 3 also doesn't have a, a, a panoramic roof. That never happened. But uh, what it does have, so it doesn't have ludicrous. It does have sport mode, though. Uh, so there's chill and sport. So those are the two settings in the car. Uh, that comes courtesy of a Reddit user who got to go on a test drive uh, today, Friday, as I record this. I, in fact, I just got that little nugget from Reddit just prior to recording. Uh, I have to say that's, I mean, it's it's literally just a label. It doesn't change the fact that the car, you know, the car goes 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds, no matter what it's called. It, do, it doesn't actually matter. Um, but I have to say, it, given Tesla's usual spirit of fun and sense of humor, I'm like... Just a little, like the teensiest bit. Disappointed is not even the right word. There, I just, I there's, I wish they had done ridiculous speed, just to keep with the spaceballs theme. You know, light speed, ridiculous speed, ludicrous speed, plaid. Of course, the roadster's getting plaid. So I wish they'd done ridiculous. Now, of course, the fun part is, if anybody from Tesla hears this or word gets to Elon, they can change it like that. With a firmware update, they can simply change the name of it. <laughs> they can change the name of it before anybody gets their their uh, car to ridiculous if they felt like it. So we'll see. But uh, who who doesn't? Spaceballs is so good. I'm so glad that, that Tesla themselves as a company helps keep the spirit of Spaceballs alive with uh, the use of, of that nomenclature in the cars. Okay. Uh, one other P3D note, and then I promise I'm done. Uh, a the well-known YouTuber you may be familiar with his work, uh, Marquez Brownlee, who, by the way, I mean, if you if you're like, man, that sounds kind of familiar. He won the the competition that Tesla held to make your own Tesla commercial. He won that uh, using when he, he did that commercial with basically a P100D versus a Lamborghini, 
And uh, if you remember back to that one. Anyway, Marquez, probably due to the fact that he has a huge following and he does just technically beautiful videos on, on his YouTube channel, um, I'm, I'm just, I mean this in all the most complimentary ways. I'm, I'm not at all surprised that he would get invited to, to do one of the first bits of media with the Performance Model 3. He, uh, he was invited out to the East Bay. They set up a little track, basically, so he could throw the car around and do some skids and some drifts and go crazy with it on a closed track, a closed surface. And what came out of that... He didn't really, it wasn't a review, it was just sort of a fun video of the car being thrown around in a controlled environment, basically. But, uh, and it's very well shot in, in keeping with Marquez's MO. But the one bit of interest there for us, uh, outside of just watching the video for entertainment purposes, is that the car, the Performance Model 3, he shows a screen and briefly goes over a track mode. The Performance Model 3 is evidently going to have a track mode. Now, the screen, you can do a freeze frame on the video, and I'll read you what the screen says. The track mode screen says, Select track mode to enable Tesla's performance-oriented stability control and powertrain settings configured for track driving. This mode is designed to be used exclusively on closed courses. For the best experience, only progress to track mode once familiar with the track, and uh, that's it. In other words, please, please, please don't turn this on until you know exactly what you're doing on the specific course you, you want to do it on. Because uh, so, I presume, I don't, we don't have any details yet, I'm sure we'll learn it soon enough, that presume this is going to disable traction control uh, and, and probably loosen up some of the other restrictions that the car has to keep you safe and keep you planted and keep you uh, on the road. Some of that stuff is going to get switched off that will allow you to do some some uh, interesting moves on the track, let's say. Now, after all this, after, re you know, I've been watching these videos this week, reading these test drive impressions, the Dan Neal piece on the Wall Street Journal, part of me is, of course, dying to drive this car as soon as possible, not only to experience it for myself after the long wait, but more importantly, it's, it's, the, it's honestly, it's the journalistic side of me that wants to drive it so that I can report back to all of you about what it feels like to help to be a vessel for you. Uh, that would be the goal to try and convey that experience. I'll get to do that in time, certainly with my own car, but there's that, that journalistic side of me that's like, I gotta, I'd love to get that access so I can get on the podcast and get that, get that uh, information out there. But the other half of me, the selfish half of me, wants my delivery day to be the first time that I ever drive this car because honestly, like I've, I've daydreamed about that day so many times, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate. Those of you that have already taken delivery, thinking back, or those of you who, like me, are still waiting for your car, I have daydreamed about delivery day so, so many times, and I, I'm quite certain that that day, whenever it comes, hopefully soon, is going to be an emotional day for me, and if the if that day is the first day that I drive the Performance Model 3, I think it would make an already emotional day even more meaningful to me if that 
you know, cause it'll just, it'll just be this incredible release of emotion, not only, you know, just from this, this journey leading to this, this point for the last number of years, but then for that first mashing of the accelerator to be, you know, to be in my car as, as that day has come. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, I signed up for the test drive a while back and, you know, as I told you a few, two or three weeks back, they called me to schedule it and I politely declined because it wasn't the performance model three. So I don't know if I'm off the list now for test drives or what, but hopefully it'll all be a mute, uh, moot point, pardon me. So, uh, if I, if I'm able to get delivery here sometime soon. Now, a few people are also reporting that they have deliveries scheduled. I'm not one of them yet, but, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, the nearest of them I saw online on the, on the forums and the threads was somebody that was scheduled to take delivery tomorrow as I record this. So yesterday or the other day, Saturday, the 21st, uh, somebody had in Southern California had a delivery day of, of then. So, um, the only thing we can seem to gather so far, at least again, based on the, the forums online, it, which is a small sample, there's of course plenty of other people that aren't posting on the internet about it, but the common denominator in these, these early uh, scheduled, these first scheduled P3D deliveries seems to be that they, they're all cars without the performance package in their performance, without that the 20 inch wheels and the brakes and those other upgrades. So it's possible there's a little bit of a hang up there or those are just, they're just war- ramping up to those by starting with the, the, uh, the non performance package performance cars. I'm not sure, but obviously, uh, I will be keeping you updated on my personal situation and, and we'll see, I, I suppose by next week's show, we'll have a lot more impressions of the car based on test drives and some people taking delivery, but seem th- at the very least things are clearly, moving forward. So that is good news. Next up this week, Sandy Monroe updated his analysis of the Model 3. Now you may have heard about Monroe and Associates. Sandy Monroe is regarded as an auto industry expert. He did a teardown of the Model 3, and and I'm talking about a literal teardown, to complement and critique various parts of the car. He did one a while back, and he's done another one here. Uh, now, in his first one, he was sort of middle on the middle of the road on the car in his first go at it. He had specifically said that he wasn't sure how the car can be profitable based on what he found. So the assembly methods, the components used, etc. But he has come back and done uh, the teardown again uh, on a more recent car, and his words are much more flattering now. This comes via Bloomberg, a hat tip to them for the report here. Monroe says, quote, upon further analysis, oh, pardon me, this is just from the Bloomberg story. Upon further analysis, his firm has found that the sedan can be profitable. It may even have the potential to make a 30% margin, which would be unmatched by any other battery-powered vehicle. Quote, a lot of crow is being eaten around here, Monroe said in an interview posted Monday. No electric car is getting 30%. Nobody. Monroe said the systems that impressed him most were the tight integration of circuit board components, which he calls, quote, a symphony of engineering and the efficiency of the battery developed by Tesla and Panasonic. Quote, the Model 3 is profitable, Monroe said. I didn't think it was going to happen this way, end quote. 
This is obviously fantastic news for both uh, the health of Tesla from a dollars and cents perspective, and certainly it doesn't hurt in the PR department either as they continue to come under attack from shorts and other various folks for any million uh, different angles. But certainly that profit is going to be smaller per car once the $35,000 standard battery version finally starts coming off the assembly line. But regardless, this means the Model 3 achieves virtually all of its goals. It's easier to build, though, yes, Elon has admitted mistakes made and lessons learned in the making it easier to build department. It's profitable, it's super safe, and it's still a great car that is highly desirable, as evidenced by the 400,000-plus reservations uh, that are still out there waiting to be filled. And now, by the way, currently, like today, Tesla is at about a 250,000 Model 3 per year pace, with that number only continuing to rise. The, the forecast or the goal for Tesla is to hit 6,000 a week next month in August, which obviously would translate to uh, an even higher. That would push it over 300,000 car per year pace. So that's excellent news. And now, you know, as I often like to say, you guys have heard me say this a million times, but pull back to the 10,000 foot view and just think about everything I just told you for a second. All that stuff put together. That is really, really impressive. It's impressive for any 15-year-old car company, let alone one that is attempting, I don't think this is hyperbole to say this, but attempting to literally reinvent the way that cars are done. So bravo to the entire Model 3 team for what you have accomplished so far. Uh, just It's just phenomenal and and I, you know, I hear from people every single week now who take delivery of their cars and love them. And I hear from people who've had them for a week, a month, two months, three months, and everybody, you know, there may be little nitpicks here and there, but everybody is in in just awe of these cars. And it's a testament to the Tesla team from top to bottom. What an achievement this car is! And it's going to continue to evolve. It's going to continue to get better. And uh, I can't wait to get mine. Speaking of great cars, the Model S, the greatest car of this decade, as decided by Haggerty, a collector car insurance company. If you, uh, now I'm very familiar with them from my DeLorean days. If you've ever tried to buy or sell a classic car yourself, you probably are familiar with Haggerty as well. They are a well-regarded company. They, they, uh, you know, they've got a catalog to buy and sell classic cars. They, obviously, the insurance I just mentioned. They're, they're very well regarded in the, in the classic and collector car community. And holy heck, that was some alliteration. <laughs> uh, thank you. A hat tip here goes to Inside EVs for that website for the heads up on this story. This comes from Haggerty. They say, quote. While we're technically not through with the 2010s, we think it's safe to pick the greatest car to come out of this decade. There have been huge leaps forward in automotive technology over the past few years. Cars are faster, more efficient, and quieter, while the rapid advances in active safety technology continue to bring us closer to cars that can actually drive themselves. 
And while all electric cars are nothing new, no other car company is more synonymous with the EV than Tesla. Not only is it remarkable that a small California startup is the last word in electric cars, the design and engineering of the Model S became the foundation for an entire generation of EVs to come. But most importantly, only one has made the electric car cool, and that's the Tesla Model S, end quote. I love, by the way, the, the honor is, of course, very cool to read about. And those of you with Model S's out there are probably, I'll bet you are literally nodding your head right now. Like, yep, yes. I love that Haggerty is straight up, by their own admission, disregarding the fact that there's still a year to go in this decade. Or even two, depending on how you, how you know, some people read the decade differently. But, but there's still time left to go. And they're like, forget it. This is the best car of the decade. And while, yes... I'm a self-admitted Tesla fanboy. I don't think you can argue much with this pick. Like, I don't know what other car you would seriously put up against the Model S. But my goodness, uh, because, you know, as as the, the Joker would say in The Dark Knight, which is, by the way, qu- quite possibly my favorite movie ever, if you were to just, like, just hold me down and be like, what's your favorite movie ever? Uh, (laughs) And you're not going to like, okay, well, I think it's the dark Knight, As the Joker would say, you've changed things. Uh, Happy 10th anniversary, dark Knight. I'm going to watch you tomorrow for like the 7,000th time. Anyway, uh, congratulations, Tesla again for the second consecutive news item here. But seriously, I mean, in all seriousness, congratulations to Tesla on the Model S being named the car of the decade by a very respected organization like Haggerty. Everybody at Tesla, you deserve it and you earned it. The car is amazing. And again, real quick, just not to get on too far of a tangent here, but again, we talk. I talk about that 10,000 foot view. Pull it back for a second and, and, and think about this. When the Model S came out in 2012, the the company was really hanging by a thread. The Roadster contract with Lotus had ended. Tesla was producing nothing. They did have a couple of little uh, deals to have some cash coming in. They were providing uh, packs. They had the Toyota RAV4 EV deal, and they had the smart car deal with Daimler to provide electric tech for that, which they used in Europe. But really, Tesla wasn't making anything. And the Model S, as, uh, as the Fisker Karma showed, uh, and I'm not, I'm not here to rip on the Fisker Karma, but you remember the Fisker Karma was also a, a very highly regarded car, a beautiful car, but Consumer Reports, when they, got, they bought theirs to do their Consumer Reports thing, uh, the car failed, just fa- completely and utterly spectacularly failed, just, just tech... Uh, technical failure right off off the truck and and that that reputation damage just they couldn't undo that i'm not saying that was the sole reason for fisker uh for the initial failure of fisker but it sure didn't help and and the the point of that is the model s basically had to be near perfect for tesla to have a shot and it was i mean what are the odds of that 
Look at, especially in the, the automotive industry, where the stakes almost p- couldn't possibly be higher. Malcolm Bricklin starts a car company, fails, doesn't work. John DeLorean, another person who, who's uh, the business side of him, I admire. Uh, I, I've read his book. You know, I, I'm obviously a big DeLorean car fan. I had one for a long time. John DeLorean. With all his industry experience, decades at uh, 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 where did he start? Now I'm I'm looking I'm looking so silly. I'm looking so dumb. Blanking. He started at was it was it Packard? Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, before finding his way to GM and rising through the ranks as an engineer there to become the head of Pontiac. But even John DeLorean tried to you know he his car company failed, and for the Model S to go from to, to have to be perfect, and it was, and now we fast forward to 2018, and it's been named Car of the Decade. That's incredible. So congratulations, again, Tesla, everybody at Tesla. Just, just, inc- just, just think about it for a minute. I know you, you know, I, I'm sure everybody at Tesla, I know I'm wired this way, and I, it's, it's a part of my personality that, that is both good and bad, where I'm always on to the next thing. Like if I accomplish a goal, I'm like, okay, what's the next goal? What are we doing next? I got to push myself towards the next thing. I'm not good at stopping and enjoying the moment very much. And I've been trying to get better about that in my personal life, my just life in general. And I've been thinking a lot about that with my P3D delivery day. When that comes, I really want to enjoy that rather than immediately be like, okay, what's my next goal? (laughs) Because I will set a next goal. Uh, you know, whether it's, okay, now I want to, you know, get, uh, I don't know whether it'd be like, oh, I try to get another DeLorean at some point down the, you know, in X number of years down there, whatever. But I'll, I'll always have another goal, whether it's in my career, whether it's in my personal life. Anyway, I suspect that uh, a lot of the people at Tesla are wired that same way where they're, especially look how nimble Tesla is and how quickly they move, how agile they are. I suspect a lot of the folks at Tesla are that kind of like, all right, we did it. Holy crap, we did it. But we're not going to enjoy it because we got to get on to the next thing. Just try to stop and enjoy this one if you're a Tesla employee. Just take a moment to yourself. If you're listening at, at, at work right now, at Tesla, if you're listening on your commute, just like pause this right now and just think about Think about the Model S and your memories of it. And however, whether you've worked at the company for a month or for eight years, what an accomplishment. Spectacular car, well-deserved car of the decade. Brilliant stuff. And in case you're wondering, to wrap up this story, if you're wondering what Haggerty's other winners have been, Haggerty's been around for a while, but um, I think some of these were probably backfills. But uh, in the 19, or rather the 2000s, their car, Haggerty's car of the decade, was the Corvette ZR1. Excellent car. In the 90s, it was the Mazda Miata, a very well-liked little two-seater. In the 80s, the Dodge Caravan, can't argue with that. The minivan changed everything, Lee Iacocca. The 70s, they named the Lamborghini Countach the uh, car of the decade, which, boy, that... As a child of the 80s, I was born in 1980. I had the poster of the Countach on the wall. That was the car. I mean, that was the dream car. You know, it had those uh, those scissor doors, which were, 
you know, would obviously go on to be a theme in my life with the DeLorean with the with its gullwing doors. And now here to my, I don't own a Model X. I would if I could, but of course, you know, I, now I'm into Tesla and they have a gullwing doored car. They have a car with goofy doors. Go- and I mean goofy in a good way, by the way. But yeah, the Countach was a, that was, that was a dream car. That thing was amazing. Uh, at least certainly to look at. I've never got, never gotten to drive one. I've seen one up close a few times at a few car shows here and there. But the 60s, Haggerty named the Ford Mustang the car of the decade. Tough to argue with that one. The pony car was a big, big deal. The 60s Mustangs are still very highly regarded. In fact, the newest, the newest ones take, take a lot of design cues, a lot of, a lot of design throwbacks and nods to the 60s Mustang. Uh, the 50s, speaking of gullwing doors, the car that inspired John DeLorean when it came to the DMC-12, the Mercedes-Benz 300 SL gullwing, Haggerty's car of the decade for the 50s. In wartime in the 40s, they named the Jeep CJ the uh, car of the decade. Again, hard to argue with that given the, the times. The 1932 Ford which is a car that's still well-known and well-regarded today. Their car of the decade for the 30s. The Duesenberg Model J in the 20s. The Rolls-Royce Silver Ghost in the 1910s. And you'd probably guess what their first choice was, their, their first car of the decade, going all the way back to the actual 00, the 1900s. I don't want to say 1900s because that's a century, but the 00s of the previous century the Ford Model T, obviously. So, some really good company for the Model S. Okay, German Tesla buyers are, get this, my friends, being asked to pay back a plug-in grant from the government of 4,000 euros. Electrek brings us this story. They write, since then, BAFA, which is the agency that's, that's dealing with this in Germany, has been in close contact with Tesla in order to reach an amicable solution in the interests of Tesla's customers. The aim of the BAFA was to achieve a solution that would indemnify the customers. In the course of these talks, BAFA had given the manufacturer Tesla the opportunity to develop a solution proposal by the beginning of July 2018. The manufacturer did not make use of this offer. The talks with Tesla have unfortunately been fruitless. As a result, due to the requirements of administrative law and budget law, the buyback program must now be reversed. That is is the, uh, the German quote there. The government says that, quote, all Tesla customers who purchase the Model S before March 6th of this year are affected by this. It affects between, according to Electric, between 800 and 1,050 Tesla owners in Germany. Uh, Marcus Mayenschein, I hope you are not affected by this. You're the one, I know I have other German listeners, but you're the, you're the one I know because you call in. Tesla is, uh, as Electrek notes, fighting back on this decision and confirmed to Electrek that it's going to cover the cost of paying back the incentive until it's resolved with the government. Automakers are already contributing to half the incentive, and therefore Tesla should only have to pay back the government's half of the uh, 4,000-euro EV incentive. Tesla spokesperson issued a statement uh, that Electric has. 
It is this, quote, the arbitrary decision to temporarily remove Tesla from the list of vehicles eligible for the environmental bonus was unjustified, contrary to the stated goals of the program and unfair to our customers. The fact that Tesla was included on the list, removed from the list, and then again added to the list is proof that this was a mistake. As our website demonstrates, anyone in Germany has always been able to order a base version Model S that was well below the required price level. Side note, uh, you guys may remember I did the story a while back that when this uh, program went into effect, Tesla had to basically uncouple some interior options in a comfort package because they the government had set the threshold, which Tesla wasn't happy about at the time, to uh, below the base price of a Model S in a, in, a, in a seeming attempt to exclude Tesla from this. All right, back to, uh, let's see here, I'm, where, where should I pick up? Uh, as a result, Tesla planned to file a complaint with the EU Commission as this was against EU rules. Instead, Tesla and the German government agreed on an acceptable middle ground that allowed Tesla to sell a low. I know we covered that already. That's exactly what Tesla's done. Uh, ah, Tesla says, we are appealing to BAFA's decision to take this action against our pre-March 2018 customers. To make sure our customers are not harmed by this decision, we will cover the cost of the bonus for them until the issue is resolved. Well, this is a very strange situation, but I'm very glad that Tesla's affected customers are not going to be left holding the bag on this. I know, I'll tell you, I, if I were in Germany and I bought a Tesla, uh, and due to something that I had absolutely nothing to do with, I was asked to pay back roughly $4,000, or I'm not quite sure what the exchange rate is on euros to American dollars right now, but let's just call it four grand. If I, if I had been asked to pay back four grand that I had already received, I'd not only be pretty upset about it, I'd probably never want to buy a Tesla again. I mean, that's, that's, that would not be a good scenario. So good job, Tesla, for making their customers whole on this. That is the right thing to do. I will keep an eye on this story to see if there are any further developments. Two more quick points this week. Everyone should keep an eye on their delivery date estimates in their My Tesla accounts. Tesla had said on Twitter this week that they were going to be updating everyone's. They said, quote, reservation and order dates factor into delivery timeline. In other words, those of you who waited in line should be getting priority over somebody who just ordered last week when the design studio went public and open to everybody. So, uh, take a look in your My Tesla when you get a chance, and I hope all of you get good news on the cars you are waiting for. Finally this week, a uh, quick note that Tesla is going to have their Q2 earnings call on August 1st. So that means look for my big quarterly earnings call recap and analysis episode in two weeks. That's two shows from right now, not next week's show, but the one after it is, this is going to be a big one. I know I, I think I say that about all of them because <laughs> they are all big ones. Every quarterly earnings call is a big deal with Tesla for one reason or another. But I'll tell you, this Q2 one is going to be big uh, with the, the Model 3 ramp hitting 5K right on the last day there, the other challenges they've been overcoming. And then guess what? The next one after that, the uh, Q3 earnings call, that one will be a big deal because 
we'll see whether or not Tesla achieves the profitability goal that they uh, that Elon had you know said he was confident in. He was careful not to promise, but you know he said he's very confident in Q3 and Q4 profitability. So uh, quarterly earnings show in two weeks. All right, that wraps it up. Holy my goodness, that was a lot of talking on my part. A lot to cover there. I've got a ton of calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. I hope you'll hang with me. If this is a super long show, well, the good news is it's a weekly podcast. Just pause it right here. You can always come back to the hotline, finish the show anytime it's convenient for you. But I will be right back with a whole bunch of excellent calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. As usual, plenty of excellent stuff from you guys in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. This is the part of the show where you get to call in and it's your time to shine. Your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. Give me a call. There are two easy ways to do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, record your question. Please try to keep it to about a minute, minute and a half tops. That would be outstanding. And then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can just call and leave a message on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline number, and that number is 1-888-989-TSLA. That's 1-888-989-8752. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted, or you can put them onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. Let's kick it off with Logan in Denver, uh, noting something uh, that changed on the Model 3 website that will help calm everybody down a little bit. I know this was a thing that, that did pop up, so just to... Some of you may not even have seen this, but in case you have, let's help clarify this right now with Logan. Hey, Ryan, Logan Willis here from Denver. I just wanted to give you a call. Um, They just opened up on Tesla's website the new splash page for Model 3, and I know there's been some concern about whether the standard battery pack uh, would have the ability to have dual motor all-wheel drive, and if you get down to the Model 3 specs at the very bottom of that splash page, uh, you can actually see that when you select standard, dual motor all-wheel drive is available. So just wanted to give you a call and let all your listeners know in case they hadn't combed through this with a fine-tooth comb like I have because <laughs> I'm obsessed. But uh, yeah, hopefully our uh, performance Model 3 should be arriving soon. And yeah, we'll be off and driving. Thanks so much for all you do. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Logan. I know some people were a bit worried about standard battery because uh, it's not as forward-facing on the Tesla website right now. But it's there, and it's good to know that they still have a listing for standard with dual motor as well. Thanks for calling in uh, to note that. Much appreciated. Let's go to Vincent in Des Moines, uh, who is a little miffed at his place in line versus new orders. Vincent, go ahead. What's going on, Ryan? This is Vincent from Des Moines giving you a call. Um, I actually had called, you know, many years back when we first placed those Model 3 reservation holders and got our spot in line, and that's kind of what I'm calling about today. I, um, I'm i a little bit confused. I don't want to say disappointed, because in the big picture of things, it, it's going to be well worth the wait. But obviously, being a day one reservation holder, I'm holding out for dual motor, and 
when I, you know, when they kind of open it up to everybody, when I don't sign into my Tesla account, I see the wait. It says is three to five months for a Model Three. I sign into my account. I'm projected three to five months. So to feel like I've been waiting all this time, and then, you know, to just kind of be anybody can go ahead and jump in front, just feels a little off to me. I was wondering if you can let me know, you know, if I've got this misconstrued, maybe I'm off, or is that what it is? And in Tesla's defense, I understand, like, I declined, obviously. They sent me the invite to configure a single motor version, you know, months ago. I had to decline that waiting for dual motor, so I get their point, but it just feels a little bit uh, off-putting. So, anyways, man, I love the show. Um, Hope you can get back to me and keep doing, you know, keep doing great work. Looking forward to you getting your car and getting to hear all about it. So, all right, man. Have a good one. Bye. I feel you, Vincent. I really do. Uh, You started to answer your own question when you said that you did get your shot at first production long before a random guy off the street in July of 2018 did. But nevertheless, I see your point. Now, the good news is, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the reservation holders are still being given priority. In fact, what I would ask you to do, if you haven't already, since you've called in, is log into that My Tesla, check that estimate again, because, uh, uh, again, I've gotten reports, and I mentioned it, Tesla had said this was going to happen, that, that some, a lot of delivery windows are moving up by a month. So I hope yours has, and that might take the sting out of this a little bit. But as you said, in the grand scheme of things, you are going to get an awesome car, and, yes, you are going to get that full federal tax credit. Thank you, Vincent. Let's go next to Cecilia in the North Bay. Wanted to talk about the uh, vegan situation in the Model 3. Cecilia, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Cecilia in the North Bay of California. I was excited about earlier reports of the Model 3 having a leather-free interior. After learning that the Model 3 actually has a leather-wrapped steering wheel, I was pretty bummed. I'm calling to let you and other listeners know that I started a petition to Tesla to provide a non-leather-wrapped steering wheel for Model 3. With enough folks signing on, I'm hoping to have enough weight to convince Tesla to provide some kind of option for us. You can reach a petition at bit.ly slash model3wheel. That's bit.ly slash model3wheel. And that's with the number three in it. I've also done some research into options for aftermarket steering wheel wrapping. I found one shop that gave me a quote under $500, but another shop would not be able to work with the wheel shape with any synthetics that they're aware of. So that's a mixed bag. Hopefully, Tesla will be able to do something for us. I enjoy listening to the podcast every week. Please keep it up, but take care of yourself. Thank you, Cecilia. I want to be careful not to open the floodgates to air any petition that anyone starts for any particular thing, but given that this was something brought up at the Tesla shareholders meeting and you are not the first listener to reach out about it, I am happy to air your call here. If folks want to sign that, they can feel free to, but if not, they certainly don't have to. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, If it's an option that people can choose, whether they want or not, then there's really no harm in it, obviously. So I hope you're able to get that vegan steering wheel as an option in Model 3. Thanks for calling in. Let's go next to Travis in Ohio, wants to talk about the new bill on the table to extend that federal tax credit for electric vehicles, specifically Tesla, since they, of course, are the first and so far only automotive manufacturer to trigger the phase-out situation. Travis, you're on the air. 
Hey Ryan, it's Travis from Ohio with an idea and three observations from the Tesla website. You talked last time about the bill to extend the $7,500 US tax credit for 10 years. Since that doesn't look politically viable, I wish someone would sponsor a bill extending the tax credit to the first 1.5 million EVs delivered in the US, regardless of manufacturer, and then tapering down from there. That would incentivize other automakers to accelerate their EV production rather than let it all go to Tesla, Nissan, GM, etc., since it'd be on a first-come, first-served basis. The pitch to Republicans would be that it would mean less total federal money spent incentivizing EVs, since 200,000 times the total number of automakers would be a lot more than 1.5 million total tax credits under this plan. Do you think that idea could get any traction? First observation on the website. I noticed the $1,500 19-inch sport wheels aren't available for performance Model 3 buyers who have to either stick with aero wheels or pay $5,000 for the package with the 20-inch sport wheels. Second, I noticed the brand new Model 3 page listed the standard battery range, previously announced as 220 miles, as 215 EPA estimate when the new page first rolled out earlier this week, and now it says 215 to 220. Third, the new Roadster page says it gets 620 miles of range, but the video on that page says it gets 621. That's a very insignificant difference, especially for a number that will likely change, but it just seems weird that there'd be that inconsistency right on the same page. That's all I got. Interested in your thoughts. Thanks. Travis, I like your EV tax credit bill a lot. You offer what I agree is a fair compromise for both sides, as it were, and I say that with air quotes, because I wish there weren't sides at all on this issue, but so it is. Uh, Anyway, one problem as I see it is that the folks less likely to favor Tesla in this scenario, uh, in my opinion, are are the ones in power, and I can't see them passing a bill like this, knowing that Tesla would be the primary beneficiary. Again, at least as of today, like that's that's how this would be spun if it it came to be today. I think the tax credit's probably just going to stay how it is, meaning it's probably going to phase out in 2019 while still just sitting there for other manufacturers. But you never know. Um, Hopefully, EV-buying Americans will get something to look forward to on that front in the next year. Uh, The the bill that I talked about, was it last week or the week before, it's picked up some more co-sponsors, all still Democrats. You know, if uh, once some Republicans start hopping on board with it, then I think it might have a serious chance to to actually become law. But uh, until that time, I'm just not super optimistic that, that it is going to get anywhere. Uh, and yes, by the way, though, thank you for pointing out that that standard Model 3 battery range uh, was tweaked. That is a change. And it's exactly, if you recall, it's exactly the bare minimum that Elon promised over two years ago, back on March 31st, 2016. So here we are. Uh, the, the final tally appears to be officially a 95-mile range difference between the standard and long-range batteries. And it might actually be more than that, since the standard battery figure seems to be undersold a little bit as well. Although hopefully the standard battery figure is going to be undersold a bit as well. As for the Roadster... I would honestly not even sweat that right now. That car is still a prototype. A lot can and a lot will change between now and production. So um, wouldn't worry about it. But I will say, Travis, you have a keen eye, my friend. Good stuff. Next caller is JC in Phoenix. A long time listener, first time caller. uh, Has some good news that she's hoping is is, uh, not unique to her situation, but 
Happy to share it. Nevertheless, JC, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is JC from Phoenix, Arizona. I am a longtime listener, uh, first-time caller. Just wanted to call and let you know that I reserved my Model 3 on April 13th of 2016. Uh, I had a November delivery date after I configured, and I got my call on Friday, or excuse me, Saturday the 14th of July telling me that my car is on the truck and it's going to be delivered this week. So I just finalized my financing and it should be here this week. Um, I do not have the car yet, but I thought that it was important to let the community know that apparently they're delivering cars uh, two to three months ahead of schedule. I don't know if this is just me or if there's other people that this is happening to, but uh, it looks like Tesla's on track. Love the show. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi, JC, and congratulations. Tesla is not really that far ahead of schedule, but it's nevertheless a good sign. In fact, to your point, a lot of delivery estimates, as I mentioned a couple calls ago, did get moved up by a month uh, recently. In your case, and I've heard about this from a few other folks as well, including I'll give a shout out to Luke A. in Indiana, who reached out to me to share his similar story. They've had the same thing happen to them. Clearly, Tesla had a car of the exact configuration that you want that was either unassigned or maybe the buyer dropped out. So, hey, their loss is your gain. When all the orders are custom orders, this can't really happen all that often, i.e. with S and X. But with first production Model 3s that are just built in batches, we're seeing it happen more often. Although, yes, yeah, still in relatively small numbers, but that's super cool of you. I love hearing that that, that, that had to have made your day. That's, that'd be so awesome to get that call. All right, next up, we've got Peter in Boston replying to Mike in Boston about paint protection film and ceramic. I think Peter's got a good tip here, so I will let him have the floor. Hey, Ryan, it's Peter here again from Boston. Just responding to Mike from Boston last week from my uh, fellow Tesla owner here regarding the clear coat and ceramic options. I put the Expel pretty much all over my Model X together with the Optico Pro Plus when I first purchased the car, and the stuff's amazing. When I get little stone chips here or there, the sunlight and the heat activates the Expel, and it basically self-heals. And one little recommendation I've got for Tesla owners in the New England area Craft Detailing of Dedham, which is just down the road from the Tesla shop. They did a tremendous job. I'm not being paid by them. I have no affiliation whatsoever. Um, they did my Expel and Opticote, and they did a great job. Very, very friendly people, so highly recommended. Keep up the good work, and hope you get your P3D soon. Take care. Thank you for the call, Peter, and for the recommendation. Word of mouth from trusted friends is definitely one of the best ways to start a search for a service like detailing, especially when you're talking about making a significant financial outlay, which is what PPF and ceramic coating require. Hopefully, by the way, I hope you and uh, Mike from Boston will get to meet up maybe at a New England Tesla group gathering at some point. That would be cool. Uh, New England, do a fall foliage tour. Look up, there's got to be a, a New England Facebook like Model 3 owners group or or maybe on the Tesla Motors Club forums, fall foliage tour. Trust me, look it up. You know it'll be happening in September-ish, I think, maybe October. Do it. You'll have an amazing time. Trust me. Next up, we've got Kendon from Texas has a few questions about Model Three as it pertains to cleaning them. Let me see if I can help him out. Kendon, you're on the air. 
Hey Ryan, this is Kendon from Texas. I had a couple questions uh, regarding the Model 3 since they are starting to be delivered a lot more right now. Uh, I was wondering if you happen to pay attention to when you have gotten to ride in a couple of the Model 3s yourself and see them, um, as I've only been able to see them in videos. I currently work for a mobile car wash company and I uh, have been able to see a lot of cars and to pay attention to a lot of stuff. I was wondering if you happen to pay attention to certain things like the carpets and the seats. Um, some cars, uh, for example, like a Dodge and Chrysler, uh, the carpets are really terrible. Dirt likes to stay in them and you can't really get them clean very well. Whereas Ford's carpets are really easy to clean. Um, some other things are like uh, some seats, the cracks are really deep so they're really hard to vacuum. Uh, some things like cup holders are really hard to wipe and get stuff out of for like uh, if you drop a coke in there I uh, just wondering if you happen to pay attention to certain things like that uh, what you think of the model threes if they're uh, if they'd be pretty easy to clean or not because that's something I would definitely pay attention to when buying a car uh, especially just because it takes time to clean a car that can't really clean very well anyway keep up the great work I appreciate the show and everything that you do at IGN too so thanks very solid questions here, Kendon. Thank you very much. I actually want to invite any Model 3 owner out there who is someone that loves to take the time to deep clean their car. And by the way, I suspect there are a lot of you that meet that, that criteria out there right now as you are freshly in love with your, your new Model 3s and want to take the best care of it possible. So I, I would invite someone that owns the car already to call in and respond to this. But for now, I will give you the best I can. I can say that the seats should be rather easy to clean. There are no deep crevices and the synthetic material wipes down really easily. The carpets, I just don't think I can sufficiently comment on those because I haven't cleaned them myself. And honestly, I haven't taken a good up-close look at them. Their texture, their... Uh, you know, what what's doing with those. Hopefully an, an, an owner can chime in on that one. Cup holders, though, should be easy. I suspect, though, uh, on a similar note, you probably are going to need to be very careful cleaning the center console because it seems to be so prone to scratching. So be careful with that. Anyway, I hope that helps, and I suspect, again, we'll probably be able to follow up on this call in another week or so from an owner that calls in to uh, maybe have some comment on cleaning the carpets in Model 3. Van from Virginia is next. We got a few more calls here. And uh, he wants uh, more interior options. Let's talk about that. Van, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Van Clampett from Virginia. I have a Model S 100D that I purchased at the end of last year with the license tag zero CO2 for you. I'm also a day one reservation holder for the Model 3. My Model S has a cream interior. My sister would love to assume that reservation if that cream interior were available. Do you believe that will become available also, do you believe that when it becomes available, the tax incentive would still be in place? I love your show. Thanks for being out there for us. Thanks for calling in, Van. I wish I had better news for you. 
Unfortunately, the best I can say is there's a chance, but the reality is that the cream interior has literally never been uttered with regard to Model 3 by anyone at Tesla. And given that, plus the fact that they're barely starting to offer white in only one trim of the car to start with, I am not in any way optimistic that cream is going to be added to the list of choices anytime soon. It might be, you know, I, I'm not, I don't work at Tesla. I don't have it. Maybe it's on a, on a roadmap at, at somewhere, but given the continued focus on the production ramp, you know, now they're trying to sustain 5,000 a week and, and try to ramp up to 10,000 Model 3s per week. I don't see there being any way they introduce another option into the mix for quite a while, personally. Standard battery is the next big option that's coming. It's due at the end of the year, and then air suspension due in 2019 after that. The cream interior might happen, but I would not advise waiting around for it. Uh, if it does happen, the timing on it, and to be clear, I am just speculating here based on what we know, uh, is that you would be lucky to get the quarter tax credit on it in the second half of 2019. If she is dead set on a cream interior, uh, maybe she can convince you to sell your S at some point down the road, and then you either buy yourself a new Model S or if you're not as hung up on cream, maybe you, you go with a, a you know well-equipped Model Three. I don't know what you'd want to do, but the cream, because you know the other. What about you're like, hey, what about CPO? What about used? Well, the cream interior option in the S and the X is still too new to really have any good CPO options on on that. So you might want to take her to your nearest Tesla store. You said Virginia, so the one I know for sure. There's Tyson's Corner. Maybe take her out there and show her the white seats and see if maybe she does like those white seats. Uh, you know, who knows, but you, you should see them in person. They, they, are, <laughs> they are stunning in person, in my opinion, but obviously that's a subjective opinion. Some people might really not like them. All the best to you either way, Van. Thanks for calling in. Two more calls. Let's finish up with uh, first Jeff from Pittsburgh who wanted to find out what's going on with Summon in the Model 3s. Jeff, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, Jeff from Pittsburgh here. Really appreciate all that you do. Uh, keep up the good work, love the podcast. I'm a day one Model 3 reservation holder and I've had my car for two months. And I just wanted to say that everybody that I've given a, a ride in it or has taken it out has really been impressed with the pickup, uh, the feel of the car and the touch screen. So I think the future is bright for Tesla. Anyway, my question is relates to the software updates over the air. Um, I've been waiting for two weeks to get the summon mode uh, update 2018.24 that also includes, I think, the Wi-Fi. And I still haven't received it yet. And I'm just curious if you had any insight into how Tesla rolls out those updates. Um, and if perhaps in the future, if it'd be possible to manually force those updates to happen, if you know that uh, there's a new update out there, sort of like you can do for your iPhone. My comment is, uh, as it relates to the wheels, you may have mentioned this before in prior podcasts, but uh, the arrow wheel package, which is what I have, uh, the arrows are actually hubcaps, and those can be you can easily kind of pull those off, and underneath are some really stylish, beautiful 18-inch 
gunmetal gray wheel. So I would encourage people who are configuring, who are looking at the different wheel styles, maybe go do a Google image search to see what those look like because uh, they really do look fantastic. And I think Tesla kind of downplays those a little bit uh, with the aero hubcaps that sit on top of them. So anyway, thanks again. Uh, Keep up the good work and look forward to the next podcast. Great to hear from you, Jeff, and I am happy to address this. There was apparently a bit of a holdup with this one. I'd heard it needed a hot fix, which is exactly why Tesla does their software rollouts in waves. That appears to be the delay on this one, but I think I've heard it's rolling out wide now. You might even have it by the time you hear this call. And that feature request of yours, by the way, to manually force updates... Someone had tweeted that exact thing at Elon Musk a few months back, and he replied saying that they would add that to their uh, feature queue at some point. So it's some spot in the not-too-distant future you will indeed be able to request an update once it's been released at all. So keep an eye out for that. Final call this week comes to us from John in Louisville, Colorado, who uh, has a little bit of confusion on the Performance Model 3 versus the Performance Performance Model 3. I'm just going to stick with that because it's for this week, it's funny. Uh, we have to come up with a better way to, <laughs> to discern the two of those, though. John, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. John from Louisville, Colorado. Thanks for the great podcast and especially all the great information, particularly regarding the performance uh, model of the uh, Model 3 or performance variation. I had a follow-up question. On the initial performance upgrade uh, from the dual motor version, it's about an $11,000 upgrade, I believe. There are three bullet items listed, a higher top speed, a higher acceleration, and then other features exclusive to performance. I'm wondering if you could try to decipher that last bullet. I believe the motor selections are going to be in the top percentage of performance, but do you have any other any clue what the other attributes could be? And I'm just talking about that initial performance option, not the performance upgrade for the additional $5,000. And thank you for the great coverage uh, last episode regarding the brakes. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. John, you've definitely already got the big one down. Here was Elon's exact quote. Performance drive units are lot sorted for highest sigma output and get double the burn-in, end quote. That is almost certainly what Tesla means to say when they say, quote, other features exclusive to performance, because when you look at that, I mean, that is too confusing and complicated to put on a sales one sheet like that, you know, where you need to keep it fairly simple. Also, the suspension sitting a whopping one centimeter lower, uh, there's that. That's, uh, by the way, one centimeter, 0.4 inches approximately. So just slightly less than half an inch. I would bet that's about it, honestly. And here's why. If there were more significant things than those things, I have to figure that they would have called them out separately and listed them separately. Just my two cents there. Thank you, John, for your call. Thanks to all of you who continue to call in and please keep them coming. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic, Related to Tesla, I would love to hear from you. Again, send that minute, a minute and a half or so call. 
in one of two ways. Either, again, use your smartphone's built-in voice memo recorder and record it. Email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline and just leave a message. It's very simple. That number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back to finish things up for you right after this. If you enjoy the podcast, it informs you, it entertains you, and you would uh, maybe choose to support it financially, you can find information for how to do that on my Patreon page. Find it at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All the tiers, all the different stuff are there, all the different perks, what have you, uh, including the Patreon producer tier. I want to say thank you to those folks. We've got Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, uh, we've got Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., David Kittle, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Stefan Joris, Gabriel Salaz, Jerry and Mary Smith, Ketafuki, and Brian Hope. Thanks to all of you so, so much for your support of the podcast. It really does make a huge difference. Uh, let's see here. The referral code... The program, it looks like it is going to come to an end, probably not going to get extended again, uh, but they gave it a two-week extension to the end of the month, uh, which I guess by the time you hear this is less than that. If you've been on the fence, you're considering a Model S or X purchase, it looks like you're only going to have until the end of July to uh, make that purchase with a referral code to thus get the free unlimited lifetime supercharging with that car. So uh, if this applies to you, please consider using my cousin Patrick's referral code. That code is Patrick5008. So you can either give that to your sales advisor or if you're configuring and ordering online, just type this into your web browser, ts.la slash Patrick5008. That'll take you to a design studio where you can configure an S or X of your choice with that free unlimited lifetime supercharging from that referral code baked into that. AbstractOcean.com, they've got Tesla accessories for you and your car, the lanyards, they've got the uh, tempered glass screen protectors for Model 3, the TESLA lettering, if you want to do that on the back of your car, Roadster style, uh, what else? The center console wraps, all kinds of stuff. Lighting kits are sort of their bread and butter. The, the puddle lights, the but also brighter, nice uh, interior lights as well. You can take a look at all of that on abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 20% off of your first order. And RTL Podcast is all one word. And then uh, my friend at Immaculate Reflections, 
You've got uh, detailing on the brain. If you're picking up a new Tesla, you're thinking, I'd like to try and keep this paint extra super nice. Well, Immaculate Reflections may be able to help you if you are taking delivery in the Bay Area or you live here in the Bay Area or you want to bring your car on up here to get it done. They'll take good care of you over at Immaculate Reflections, whether it's paint correction, paint protection film, C-Quartz Finest Reserve Ceramic Coating, any of it, all of it, whatever you want to do, they'll work with you with your needs, your desires, and your budget. Look them up online at irdetailing.com. Or if you want to look them up on Yelp or Instagram, it's on uh, the, the go to, you know, Yelp.com, Instagram.com slash immaculate underscore reflections. I think that about wraps it up again. I want to apologize for the Google Play issue uh, with the feed last week. Again, just nothing I could do about it. I wish there was something I could do about it. Also, I'm really sad to report that... Uh, I have not heard a thing from TuneIn about getting the the podcast easily discoverable and thus playable in the Model Three. Uh, honestly, I'm like I'm frustrated by it because I've just like I've gone through their channel and I don't know what else to do. I don't suppose anyone from TuneIn is listening to this podcast and could help me out. Um, you know, more and more people that have been listening to the show are. are taking delivery of Model 3, and I really want them to be able to listen in the car. And I obviously, it's a Tesla podcast. I would really love to have it accessible in the Teslas. Uh, so I don't know if I, do I need to grease any palms over there? I don't know what I need to do to fix this, but that's been a bit frustrating. I'll, I'll keep, I'll, uh, I'll look into it again. Maybe I'll see if I can find a phone number to call somebody. I don't know. Anyway, you can subs- you can get the card the, the podcast in a lot of places, just not currently the Model Three. But subscribe if you don't already. And by subscribe, I'm just talking about a totally free subscription so that the podcast downloads to you automatically each week. It pushes out to you. You don't have to go uh, pull it down. It will push to you. And uh, most of you sign up on iTunes, but we got the Google Play folks out there as well. It's also on Stitcher. And Spotify, you can pick up the RSS feed or grab individual shows on the hosting page, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. I believe that wraps it up. So as she snoozes away, sprawled out on the couch next to me, I want to wish a happy first birthday again to Daisy the Boxer Puppy. Um... You guys that have been listening for a while know what Maggie meant to me and uh, what what that stretch of time last year with her decline and her loss, that, what, what that did to me. And uh, uh, I guess only the psychiatrist and my wife really know what, what the tough time that was. But Daisy has been everything I could have asked for in a new canine companion. I feel like, you know... This is going to sound stupid to some of you, and that's fine. You know, you can, and you're all allowed to think of me whatever you want to think of me. But I like to believe that uh, maybe there's a little piece of Maggie's spirit inside Daisy because uh, she's she's been great. She's very different than Maggie in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna extend this already epic podcast by talking more about that now. I'm sure I'll find time at the end of a show at some point in the future, but. Just, yeah, she's a year old already. She's doing great. 
We're going to be starting our Canine Good Citizen certification training very soon uh, with the goal of becoming the pet-assisted therapy dog, uh, joining the pet-assisted therapy program at the SPCA. As Maggie had done, that was such a gratifying thing. It made me feel good. Maggie clearly, obviously loved her job. Anytime I would put that green bandana on that had the SPCA logo on it, she knew and she loved it. And the kids we would meet, meet with and read with at the libraries and schools loved it too. And and Daisy clearly has the temperament, and the personality for it. She's just, you know, she's still a, a, a young puppy. She, we'll see if she's quite ready, but she's going to get there for sure. And But we're, we're going to try. Um, but yeah, boy, I'm, I'm so thrilled to have this, this puppy in my life. She's been, uh, a real gift to me and I'm, I'm so grateful for her. And I'm, and I'll just say as always, you know, uh, while I'm in a, a thankful mood, I'm thankful to all of you for continuing to listen and giving me your time. I've, I've asked for a lot of it this week. I won't apologize. I've been told by plenty of people, stop apologizing for the long podcasts. So I'm going to do that. I'm <laughs> just know that I am respectful of your time. I'm trying to use it wisely. I think I think uh, I feel better about this week's podcast than last week's. You know, I talked at the end last week. I just felt like I was off my game last week. A lot of stammering, stuttering, mispronunciation. I felt like this week was a cleaner, a cleaner show. <laughs> I was happier with it. I hope you were too. So for the one-year-old Daisy the Boxer puppy. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, the 37-year-old. Uh, happy electric motoring, everybody. Fingers crossed that I get some good Model 3 delivery news this week. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, in either case, I will be back here with you, as always, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, a little earlier. If you're with me on Patreon, you can get a little earlier. But in any case, I'll see you next week. Have a great week, my friends.